service you right just so when you touch down And take off the uniform, the bond you form Never look warm and that's why we on the dismount So you ain't gotta re-enlist to hang out No need to be on your feet, but please pay attention To Charlie Mike on the mic and let's get reconnecting Here on dismount Spell your fire from the fire team on dismount Spell your fire from the fire team on dismount Veterans and focuses up here on dismount Okay, can you hear me now? I do. Good. It, it could be me. I'm not. I'm not making this up. I've, I've literally had a smartphone for four days. <laughs> five days. Yeah, not not even a problem. And uh, before we continue real quick, uh, th- this app allows us to kind of record f- at a distance and whatnot. Just so you're aware, sure. uh, I usually do a dry run, but if the conversation just starts flowing, we just kind of run with it. Okay. Um, I'm glad I'm glad it worked because uh, like, like I was saying in a little brief message, sometimes people have to open it up in a browser. Not everyone's smartphone is, is um, compatible and whatnot. And that's mm-hmm. completely fine. I'm glad you you broke through um but uh yeah i mean i feel like if the conversation starts going we'll we'll just run with it i i, d- I took some notes from some of the things we we made contact uh, via email and whatnot you do uh participate in a couple of facebook groups that were very interesting um okay. i noticed veterans for peace was obviously the first one that caught our attention and you you mentioned a couple other ones that's uh uh, mm-hmm. U.S. Army Rangers Association, Mountain Rangers, et cetera, et cetera. But what really caught my attention about mm-hmm. most of that stuff was uh, the book that you mentioned and the whole tribe mentality really mm-hmm. caught my attention a lot. Uh, I think mm-hmm. now, and I think you, you worded it really well on some of your answers. Um, if you have them in front of you, don't worry about it. I, I have them. If you don't mind me kind of just reiterating those answers, would that be all right? To, to the questions I emailed you? Outstanding. Yeah. Um, so the, the first impression, uh, veterans related to a Facebook group and whatnot, uh, you did mention that you, you didn't have Facebook till a couple years ago, which don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's not completely uncommon. Not everyone uses social media, and that's just the nature of it. Um, it looks like you, you also mentioned that you... Uh, you stated AMVETS had a uh, a state office mandated that every post had a page, which is great because that does kind of get the the word out. And you happen to be the one that had uh, had some kind of knowledge on on computers, which I thought that was that was awesome. So it kind of it, it's one of those things. So you're voluntold because you know, hey, you you meet the minimum requirements to get it done, and um, you had a lot of really good really good answers. Um, you know, in, in uh, the whole traditional communications and whatnot, as far as social media kind of replacing those things, uh, you did mention mm-hmm. it, it helped you guys communicate with a wider audience, uh, especially with the pandemic going on right now. And uh, you mm-hmm. know, everyone's kind of moving online. I mean, that's that's almost apparent in, in anything we do. And But I wanted to get to that one part that you really, you really did mention. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go verbatim on it. Uh, I asked uh, for the veteran that has yet to find a group to join. What insight could you share with them to encourage their choice to join? And your response was was a, 
outstanding. Uh, according to the book Tribe, written by Sebastian uh, Junger, hopefully I didn't butcher his name. I think it's actually Junger. Junger. Thanks. It's uh, a lot of those languages, the J and the Y. Are that makes inverted. that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that. Um, and you mentioned in the in the military, veterans uh, lived in a, a tribal society as humankind had lived for hundreds, thousands of years. Uh, when we go out, when we get out, we lose that sense of tribe, and that causes a mental health issues we see today. Uh, younger does does not give a real solution to to recreate a sense of tribe, but that you think. Uh, veteran groups can recreate that sense of tribe we experience, and I thought that was exactly what I was hoping to share with you on that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I did kind of scour a little bit on on the book, and I found some interesting things. And as I, I dug a little bit more, I noticed you guys are very active in a lot of different things as as related to peace and everything else. I even caught one of your uh, mm-hmm. meet and greets at the mosque in Nashville. That was pretty pretty insightful, mm-hmm. short little little video, but it was pretty good. But if you want to take point and maybe just kind of gloss over your newfound experiences with Facebook groups and and like you were saying, utilizing that as a tool to really kind of convey that same interaction, that tribal group, um, I'll let you run it. Sure. Um, it, it has been important, I think, um, about uh, – let me, let me just give an example – uh, I heard that my old first sergeant, I was a lieutenant uh, with the paratrooper unit at uh, Fort Bragg in the 82nd, and our unit rotated over into um, Vicenza, Italy. So I kind of had a foot in both worlds, but I was a paratrooper the whole time I was in the military. And I had gotten wind that uh, my old first sergeant had died. And, you know, kind of plodding through, I didn't have Facebook at the time, um, and found um somebody who had mentioned him on some kind of chat room of some kind and, and, and made contact with uh, a guy who, who said, Hey, we've got this Facebook group and we we're actually do a annual reunion, which was actually this past weekend. I couldn't oh. go, but um, uh, uh, have been to maybe five or six of them or something like that. But, but they had actually some Facebook friends had, said let's do a reunion and i guess it was maybe eight or nine years ago uh, four guys got together uh with their wives there's a total of eight and um this past weekend it, it's it's grown to 50 wow. so um just just to kind of put it in perspective how important it is and 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 these guys uh uh ha- were very plugged in on facebook and it really really helped reconnect an entire battalion um of of folks uh and and you know you're not seeing the same people every year but generally you kind of see a core of people who come to this maybe let's say 30 and maybe 20 new people that you didn't see the year before or something like that so it's it's uh it's become quite a uh a phenomenon with us uh to get together but I, it originally started by four guys who who were Facebook friends uh, that had served in uh, in Vicenza, Italy together as paratroopers. Wow. So it's really important. And and what Younger said is really so true. Um, and I struggled a lot with that myself. I was um, uh, four years as an ROTC cadet in college. I went in as an officer and I served at those, in those days you could serve a three-year right. tour. Uh, can't do it anymore, <laughs> but you can't, could in those days. Yeah. It's, it's with, uh, I think, a minimum of 
five years for officers now, but you, you could do it uh, in those days. So just getting that together, um, uh, I had seven years in the military and, uh, you know, my cadet friends that I made in those days are, are still my uh, best friends that I have in the world. Uh, three, three of these guys, uh, we all live near each other and get together at least once a month, uh, to do something. And, um, uh, 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 when I got out of the military in 1987, uh, it really, really had a void there. I had no intention of staying in the military. It just, just wasn't a good match for me. But that camaraderie uh, that, that you have in the military and the sense of mission that you have in the military, those are two things that were really lacking uh, just in general. you know. And it took me a long, long, long time, uh, probably close to 20 years to – to start getting some of that back, you know, through a, through a job that actually enjoyed and, and did kind of have that sense of mission, but then through different veterans groups, um, uh, that, that I've joined along the way. And, and that has really been helpful. And, and Facebook has enhanced that because I've only been on Facebook for maybe three years or so. Right. Right. That's, that's actually really, really impressive in such a short amount. You've, you've managed to really utilize and hone, uh, what other people just, sadly used just to kind of like images and may, maybe make a comment here and there. And you've actually mm-hmm. found benefit in those social media outlets that, that most of us tend to, to look at it, just another application to maybe just kind of blurt out whatever's on our mind or, or pass on something funny. And I think it's important to, to acknowledge its versatility that it, it does allow mm-hmm. that, that communication to be enhanced that, uh, replicate in, in some in sense that camaraderie that you have found so many years afterwards. Yeah, it, it, it really does. Um, and, and I don't necessarily think it matters what kind of veterans group that you join, right. uh, as long as you join one. It, it can be online as long as it meets fairly regular, you're interfacing with people fairly regular. Uh, I, I think that's really important. And there are just things that you know, veterans understand that, that just other people don't. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm also a member of American Legion and uh, AMVETS, which are obviously traditional, you know, veterans type groups. And right. uh, certainly those, those are, are, are for me good, but for other people, it's just not their thing. But I think it really is important. Uh, you know, one, one of these cadet friends I was just telling you about, um, he, he kind of threatens to join something like the American Legion, but he never really followed through. But he he will join uh, the Ranger Association. He's he's a member of the Ranger Association with me, um, and we've got a local. We call him a Ranger base, uh, but he he is a member of our local Ranger base here in Middle Tennessee that we've just been able to get off the ground. So his niche is not really the American Legion, if you want to know the truth. Yeah. But it is it is that. So whatever your niche is, you need to find your niche. And I think it's really important. And that's what I think is so valuable about uh, Sebastian Junger's book is that um, you had it. Not a big percentage of the people in the modern world have it. And then what you once you get out, a lot of he described the word he used was uh, transitional disorder. OK. Um, and um, he, he, he what kind of got him on this was uh, uh, he studied Native American anthropology. Uh, I believe it was in the Navajo Nation. Um, but 
And then he got into war reporting is what he really got into because he just happened to be over in Europe as the Soviet Union was coming down and got involved in the uh, breakup of Yugoslavia and that kind of stuff is sort of how he got into war reporting. And and he, he got to noticing that um, over the years that Native American veterans and Israeli veterans who are combat veterans do not have PTSD huh. uh, and at near the rates that that people like me do right and uh and i'm not a combat veteran i make very clear of that but um uh, he, he got to noticing that and 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 tribe the book tribe is kind of his end to war reporting because he lost a very good friend and he's he's about my age 58 i think and uh, uh you know there's a time limit on that for most people and, and you just you just burned out and and uh he attributes the low rate of PTSD in the, in the native American community and in Israeli soldiers to those communities have a better sense of tribe. You don't get out of the military and thrown into the world. You go back into your tribe. Right. And I'm an English as a second language teacher. And uh, here in Nashville, we have a very large Kurdish community the largest Kurdish community in, in the United States. And I wonder about those people. Um, uh, I've talked to lots of Kurdish veterans over the years, usually on the Iraqi side of Kurdistan. And um, they do, I, I believe it's a three week rotation. You, you serve in the combat zone for three weeks and then you come home for three weeks. And I wonder if the Kurdish people, uh, because there is a strong sense of pride there. Maybe they don't uh, suffer as much of a PTSD rate as we do in, right. in, 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 for that reason. So uh, I, I don't know if that's true. And that would be up to an anthropologist to, to investigate. But uh, I, I really uh, I think there's something to it. I really do. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that you have in common. And, and these groups, whatever these groups are that you choose to join, I think it's it's very important to do so. That's that's profound. It really is. I think uh, there's there's definitely a lot to learn for from other um, civiliza- civilizations or whatnot that that have dealt with that theater of operation and being able able to kind of uh, tone in and tone out. Uh, there's there's that element of of deflation in any kind of career path that is high stress. You know, law enforcement sees the same thing. Uh, medical and all that stuff, that time that they deflate and, and kind of transition out and go into something that kind of tones down that adrenaline is not something us as, as Americans, we, we do very gracefully. Um, Correct. That's why I think a lot of us, when we come out, we, we gravitate towards those similar fields of high pace, high stress. Um, mm-hmm. And we never really fully be able to integrate ourselves back into that tribe setting that you that you talk about that community setting because it doesn't necessarily exist for us uh, mm-hmm. so we do have to find other outlets and I've become very fascinated with Facebook groups myself uh, we created one for the podcast to kind of support the page and everything else it allowed additional tools and and methods of engaging with each other though sadly right now it's it's more it's more sharing uh, military themed memes and whatnot. And um, we, we try to keep it uh, a very neutral ground. We don't like to get into those hot topics that are obviously out in the world right now, especially mm-hmm. um, that, that can get very heated. Uh, our, our goals 
very much to kind of reconnect individuals who made it may have been in the same unit or served in similar places or, or mm-hmm. time zones and stuff. And um, it's, it's still very new, but I've seen a change in how people kind of reconnect with each other. And, and there's been, there's been individuals saying, Hey, just because I noticed somebody I used to serve joined the same group and I was able to kind of facilitate reconnecting that helped me through, you know, a rough patch in my week, or it's been years since I've connected with anybody um, that I've seen and and interacted with on the military side. Now that we've left that, it it's really bridged that communication gap. And I'm still very new to it. And I really was fascinated with not only the different types of groups that you yourself are very involved in, but you mentioned you mentioned uh, AMVETS and VFW and all those. Um, I'm I I feel like a lot of individuals like myself, the younger uh, veterans coming out, they don't yet find the value in those uh, entities because uh, because we're kind of stubborn, I guess, in a, in a weird way. I, I'll tell you two exceptions that I'm finding uh, in that regard, and, and I agree with you. Uh, but I will put two exceptions on that. Um, I became aware of a group about this time last year called the Reverent Warriors. Uh, are okay. you familiar with them? No, I haven't, uh, okay. haven't heard of them yet. They do. Um, they call them hikes, but they're really pub crawls around the country. Um, and, and the idea is to build camaraderie amongst, you know, veterans and, and, and try to deal with this suicide epidemic that we're all dealing with. Um, and they had a hike. Their first hike in Tennessee was last year in Nashville, and I, I went on it. It was hot, like July, miserably hot. But I've since Ugh. become very good friends with the guy who organized that, who has now been promoted to Irreverent Warriors Tennessee. So he's, they're doing wow. really four four annual hikes this year, and then there's a weekly hike going on in Clarksville, Tennessee, on the Kentucky border. But um, I was there, and there was probably. 300 people on this hike um it was mostly young people i'm saying uh, 35 and younger um okay and i did notice a big presence in the vfw and the marine corps league has somehow been able to connect with these younger uh veterans Uh, i'm not eligible to join the vfw because i'm not a a combat veteran but um, right right but there was a, I did notice a lot of VFW flags. And, and if you get on their Facebook pages, you'll notice that these different walks around the country, you will see a lot of VFW flags flying and uh, Marine Corps League flags flying as well. So, okay. Um, that for some reason, uh, as one guy told me on that hike last year, he said, Joey, there's only two branches of the service. And I said, What's that? He said, It's the <laughs> Army and the Navy. He said the Air Force is a corporation and the Marine Corps is a cult. So maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the reason that they're connecting with the Marine Corps League. I don't know. <laughs> Do you, you know that that makes a lot of sense and it it's not something I'm I'm uh, unaware of. I've had that specific topic come up in in many conversations. I had a good friend um, who who works kind of on the behavioral health side and and not to go too much into his conversation, but he did mention that uh, uh something very similar um he he said that uh, most of the individuals they see come in are usually army and marines uh-huh. um the the mentality of, of air force as a corporation almost 
uh, is very befitting of of that nature. I mean, we all poke and prod at each other's branches, sure, but absolutely. Um, there is something to that. There, there's there's far fewer that tend to deal with some of those mental health uh, concerns, and um, and I can I can see how that would would play out statistically. I can see how that would play out in in interacting with uh, you know these individuals on these hikes and everything else, and, and those who who seek out those those events to kind of bridge that that missing gap we tend to have. So that's mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely true. It's definitely true. Now I, I had I had a quick question for you on on that. Um, there's there's some people tend to feel that as a veteran, um, it's hard for them to kind of really step into a lot of these. And I, I, you kind of glossed over just a bit with your own examples. Uh, fit into these some of these groups uh, because of the either lack of or the in- intensity of of being non combat or combat veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you still feel that that's something uh, that an individual would would be challenged to kind of face when they're looking for some of these groups? Yeah, you know, I really do not. I have never experienced that, not one time. It may be because um, I have a ranger tab, and uh, right. uh, you know, I I was in a paratrooper unit, uh, so the lingo is I'm a tabbed ranger, but not a scrolled ranger. Um, so I, you know, I was on jump status the whole time I was in the military. Even though it was in peacetime, I was sort of in the front lines of the Cold War serving in Italy. Uh, you know, we were right there on, on the Yugoslavian border. I wasn't very far at all from that. So um, that is possibly the reason that I did not uh, and have never experienced that. Um, okay. Now, I, I can't speak for everybody, uh, but it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm on some Facebook page. I believe it's called Stolen Valor. I may be on more than one, but um, you, you see a lot of these people in their they're trying to uh, um, uh, uh, the, it's been pretty obvious that you never have anyone uh, being stolen valor who's an accountant, right? They're always <laughs> rangers or special forces or, or whatever. Multi-tab. Um, yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. So I, it, it, and it, it may be just because, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, it, although I was only in a short time, I just happened to luck out on a lot of stuff. I was a, I went to airborne school and air assault school as a cadet because I was really close to Fort Campbell, um, Kentucky, and it was easy for us to to uh, make a drive up there and and go to uh, air assault school. And a lot of the cadets in my uh, where I went to ROTC are uh, air assault days because it was a two hour drive to Fort Campbell and and, and we could sneak in like over uh, winter break or something and go. I went in, in the dead of winter in like December. Um, oh wow! That was fairly common in my ROTC unit in those days, just because we were so close, we we could finagle a slot or two. So so we we ended up doing that. Uh, I, I remember the year I went to air assault school, there were six slots for cadets and in the country, and we got three of wow. them. Wow! <laughs> so <laughs> I had air. Yeah, those training that, slots are hard to get. Yeah, they really are. Uh, in those days, though, we were just it was just close enough. You know, we could we could get that. So. I had airborne and air assault wings on the day I graduated college and, and got my commission. So that was, um, uh, something that I was, um, uh, uh, lucky, I guess. And then, uh, went to infantry officer basic course. And then while I was waiting to go to ranger school, um, uh, uh, towards the end of my infantry officer basic course, I knew I had enough time to go to pathfinder school. 
So um, <laughs> I just kept knocking on the first sergeant's door every every couple of days. Hey, first sergeant, you got a slot yet? And finally, he just called me up and said, yes, sir, I got a slot for you. Come on over. So I was able to sandwich in Pathfinder School in between infantry officer basic wow. course and ranger and then as soon as i landed at fort bragg we were slotted to uh three weeks later to rotate to to uh, uh jungle school in the panama canal zone uh, so my goodness <laughs> i had a lot of schools <laughs> I, I serve a long time but i do have a lot of if you look at my dd 214 i did attend a lot of schools so maybe that's the reason people uh yeah have never given me any grief about it but i i've i've just never experienced it and i and I can't say, you know, I mean, other than what you said a few minutes ago about good natured ribbing, you know, um, <laughs> we just had a leg ranger join our ranger base and uh, he, he's a West Pointer with a, uh, uh, he flew helicopters. And it's like, you know, okay. I said, I, you know, no offense, but I don't think you're ever going to uh, experience, I mean, you'll experience good natured ribbing about being a leg ranger, but I really don't think you'll, you'll experience uh, any, any grief from anybody. I said, you meet the requirements to join the Army Ranger Association, you're in. And that's all we care about. So, and I really believe that a lot, you know, for for these mainline groups like American Legion and, and AMVETS. I never experienced any of that whatsoever. I just don't. Yeah, I, I would agree with you as well. Um, I, I I hear about it, but I don't. I haven't come across it myself. Um, and I usually hear it from individuals who – they were, they're so eager. They might still be in, they might be transitioning out or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're so eager to hold that title of combat right? yeah. or, or, or any kind of overseas uh, duty position mm -hmm. that they, they forget that um, they, they still signed up and wrote that check. Right. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate because I think that kind of hampers their ability to, to really reconnect with a lot of veterans who, who in, in reality wouldn't give a damn if they, uh, you know, jumped in anywhere or not, yeah. um, you know, uh, myself just just having a conversation with you right there, um, coming from the uh, the NCO side, uh, we we can we can play back and forth with uh, enlisted and officer. Sure. But, um, what fascinates me is I've never met you before, and yet we can just completely have an open conversation about, uh, you know, different events that's gone down, mm -hmm. different things we've experienced and, and our, our times in service are, are vastly different yet so similar that um, it really just kind of feels comfortable having a discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And just sharing. I, I'll share a story. It just happened uh, this calendar year. I've got a, an older second cousin. She's about 80. Uh, her husband just passed away in uh, uh, January and I went to the funeral and he was a, uh, he wasn't a Korean War veteran. He was. Uh, he got to um, uh, Korea just after the armistice was signed. I, I believe it was signed in '53. So he got there like in late '53 or early '54, something like that. <clears throat> and uh, she had heard that I. I've got a friend who builds shadow boxes and does a dynamite job with them. And we had a couple oh, of them. Uh, we had a couple of them made for uh, my deceased uncle who retired out of the National Guard and for my father-in-law. And uh, she had heard about that and, you know, she'd gotten the flag from from uh, uh, the funeral home and, and she wanted to talk with me about getting a shadow box made. And I said, well, we can do it lots of ways. You can just just do the flag or if you want to build something underneath the flag, uh, we can do that. Just I'll come over and look at his DD-214. Now, <clears throat> he was an E2 or E3 when he got out. In those days, it was during the draft. He got drafted out of college. Uh, he was an oh, wow. E2 out of college, two year stint, 
um, he got a good conduct medal and an honorable discharge. That's the, served in Korea after the armistice as an accountant. Uh, oh, wow. Now, that, you know, is, is just as honorable as anybody as far as I'm concerned. But if, if you could Great. have heard her talk about her husband's service and how proud she was, and she knew exactly what he did. It wasn't like, you know, he never lied to her. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like she, he, he jumped in on a, on a combat mission or something. She knew exactly what he did. And you would have thought that he won the Medal of Honor. I mean, in her eyes, it was equal. You know, it really was. And and uh, when I walked out of her house that day, I I, I went home and I, I put it on a Stolen Valor Facebook page just because to her and to the eyes of everybody, really, his service was just as honorable as somebody who, you know, finished ranger school or, or jumped in in Grenada in 1983 to, to, to the vast majority of the public. It's just as honorable. So you, there's no need to lie about your service record. It's, just, it's <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. It's, no, it's, it's true. And, and, and I had to kind of stay quiet. It, it, it got me in the feels a little bit um, because it, it's hard for us to kind of sit there and, and look at each other through the same lens that, that a, a family member would. Mm -hmm. And that um, I'm, I've been slowly learning as as I open up a little bit more about my service and in doing these conversations with uh, fellow veterans, um, it's helped me kind of open up a little bit more and share, not feel like I have to uh, water things down or downplay, you know, the simple things, or feel like uh, I'll be judged when I do tell a story that's a little more intense. But that that example you gave is is beautiful mm -hmm. and um i had a, a great grandfather pass away a little while ago um one i had no idea he actually served in the army mm -hmm. like i that was brand new to me i didn't know it um but my my grandparents were really really patriotic mm -hmm. they they were always you know my my grandfather's brother uh, served in the air force and you know they were always always had a flag mm -hmm. um they flew one of the flags that i got them uh, that we flew overseas and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to learn that part of my family's history mm -hmm. till, till that day. And, you know, it kind of the same concept. I, I believe if I recall, he was, uh, he was admin mm -hmm. and did a small stint and everything mm -hmm. else, but it was just very similar conversation that I heard my great grandma speak about what he did. And it's just, it blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the reason I say there's just no need to lie about your service record. And I, I've seen, you know, I was at an American Legion meeting. Um, oh, how long has it been? This COVID has got me all screwed up, probably February <laughs> or so. And there's this guy hawking a book and uh, it was just crazy. He, he, he flew a helicopter and he killed thousands of people. And he was so happy he had killed this. And he just kept on and on, pouring it on, pouring it on, pouring it on. And, I just couldn't believe it. I, I just, and I still to this day don't I ask some Vietnam veteran friends of mine. And I'm the youngest one in this, this, uh, we, we meet at a, a cafeteria once a week for a lunch. And I was the youngest one in there. And I'm like, you guys are Vietnam veterans. You got to know he's lying. He's just got to be lying. And there's just no <laughs> way he did all that stuff. And I, and, it's too fantastic. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, and I've never seen a veteran that, that, is a combat veteran that spoke about glee it, it, with a with glee in his voice 
uh, about how he killed people. And this guy was just doing it. And yeah, I checked him out. And I, I still don't believe he did half of what he said he did. I mean, he may have been a combat pilot <laughs> in Vietnam. It's very possible, but much, much more than that. I just, just don't buy it. And, and, but there's no reason to exaggerate. There just really isn't. There, there, yeah, there is, there isn't. I think, um, you know, a lot of the other things we have that we face kind of romanticize a lot of those, those outrageous moments of valor and everything mm-hmm. else. So some, some individuals do feel like they have to kind of accentuate some of the details and, um, it, it shouldn't be the case. Uh, anyone who, who joined for any, any stint of time should be able to say, you know, I, I served, I served my country, I served in uniform and, you know, this is what I did. And, and that should be more than enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever it was, if he was a cook, if he was a ranger, it doesn't matter. Exactly. I was actually really humbled that now that you speak of it, you said cook. Um, it reminds me when, when I transitioned off active duty into the, into the guard to try to stay closer home. Um, I met a, an E6 cook who, um, nicest guy in the world, great chef, amazing. Uh, and it wasn't until we were tasked to do a job that was very, very difficult that I had no idea why that individual was put in in charge. And I was, I was, I was really humbled at the time after uh, I kind of questioned, I'm like, Hey, why is there an E6 cook in charge of this small, small uh, unit of individuals for this mm-hmm. task? And uh, he said, you know, I'd, I'll, I'll entertain your question, but we'll, we'll step on the side. We'll talk about it real quick. And that's when I learned that, you know, the guard, at least in, in that impression also had civilian jobs, which for whatever reason, I didn't understand at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, and this individual was was an ICE agent, you know, <laughs> high level type, and he he obviously ran certain missions that I had no reason to know about. So he had the skill set to to you know lead this mission. So afterwards, I was I never judge anybody on their MOSQ or anything. No, and, no. Uh, it it took me some growing and maturing over those years to really kind of see uh, it. It didn't matter who they were or what what MOSQ they they did in in the military that they were there and they were just as important as everybody Absolutely. else. Absolutely. Try, try, try jumping into a drop zone without uh, an airplane, for example. <laughs> mm. And you do want to get yeah. paid, don't you? <laughs> you know, those kinds of yeah. things. It's, exactly. It's, exactly. It's exactly. So all, of, all of it's important. It's all on the same team. And it just, it, it just, uh, you know, if you're not a team player, get off of there. But I, I, I do think that, that, you know, once we're out of the service and we're, 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 transitioned into the civilian world um uh you do, you do kind of look for that i mean uh it's it's like a buddy of mine who who was in our my oldest friend we've known each other for 50 years this year literally 50 years and uh um, wow. he and i were talking a couple of years ago he said you know i wish i'd have stayed in rotc and joined the army like you and i said how come I said well no matter where you go you you got friends and i said well it, it is true you could be at a hotel in a foreign you know, in a, in a different country somewhere or a different state, I mean, and, and you walk through and see somebody wearing a t-shirt and say, Oh, you're a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a veteran. Oh, me too. And, and you, you, you've automatically got that connection with somebody. <laughs> that is it. It's, it's a rare thing. Um, I, I catch myself having conversations, um, you know, in a, in a Denny's or, or mm-hmm. in a gas station, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. Just like you, you said, that's, um, that is something that is very, very difficult to re- replicate. It is. And, and I think um, it goes back to the book tribe. 
I think that is why, because yeah. you, you've got that shared experience. Even if, if you're a combat vet and, and they're uh, uh, an accountant, um, it's still, you've got that shared experience and, and that's, uh, that's important. It really is. It is, it is. And, and not all of us have a chance to really kind of interact with, with the person um, by chance out in, in, the, in the world walking mm-hmm. around, um, you know, but, but, but once those, you identify yourselves veterans and you have that commonality, uh, conversations just kind of spark. Um, I, I'm very fortunate that my spouse is, is former mm-hmm. Air Force, so we have that in mm-hmm. common. Um, I'll, I'm, I'm going to save my jabs for later on that one, but um, her father's uh, former Navy. Uh, her, her brothers are both former mm-hmm. Army, and we actually all, uh, the two Army guys, uh, we actually all served in Afghanistan at the same time. Didn't know it till obviously years, right. years later. Um, but going back to social media, you know, uh, it, some people use it as, as a distraction. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very impressed that with uh, how you described your, your, your limited, uh, I mean, you mentioned you had a flip phone for a uh, while. Until five and, days uh, ago. <laughs> Literally five days ago. I got to hand me down from my mother. So, so, they, yeah, so it's it's not impossible to recreate that space, and and we kind of kind of put that out as well. We, we're we're trying to reconnect with without individuals feeling like they have to reenlist. Yeah. Is is kind of our little slogan thing we're going I to. I like and, that. Um, I appreciate that. So we we utilize the, the podcast as as a platform, mm-hmm. but we also branch out to different social medias mm-hmm. that might be a little more feasible and we're just barely getting our toes wet on the facebook group side um and and right now i'd, I'd like to invite you to you know if you if you join ours uh, whether it's as a page or an individual and you guys can share some of those things you guys are doing in, in the other sure. groups you're you're interacting sure. and kind of inject some of those different elements because right now since we're so brand new a lot of it's just sharing funny stuff that other military would find but there we do have some civilians in the group some family members and having some of those resources available that kind of lets just the family member understand like you mentioned the shadow boxes you know things that that honor their vet that some sometimes the individual veteran doesn't mm-hmm. think about right yeah and, and it's 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 important that connection is really really important and and i think um the the epidemic of veteran suicide is related to people not connecting it just really is and uh um, if we stay connected we're 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 far better off far better off agreed agreed finding that uh that tribe uh as as you mentioned is is something i think a lot of us don't don't think we can Mm -hmm. find but that camaraderie and that sense of mission that you that you've mentioned like that's um, that's something that we feel like, oh, it was only accomplished in uniform, but, but it's not no, correct. It's not. You know, there's, there's definitely other avenues we can still find that and still kind of apply ourselves to, I like how you said finding your niche. You know, you, you mentioned some people might not be, might not gravitate to VFW mm-hmm. and some of the other more traditional sides, but there's definitely a space out there if people look Absolutely. hard enough or they're encouraged to do yep. so. That they, there find is it. a niche out there for everybody. Um, every veteran has a niche out there. It, it's just a matter of finding it. Um, uh, wh- whatever it is, it, it's out there. That's true. That's true. And 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 
like the hikes that you were talking about, there's, there's events out there and I'm, I'm somewhat aware of some of the things that are out there. Um, some things that kind of caught my attention over the years, like there's, you can, you can visit um, like wolves and <laughs> go hang out with wolves or something. There's, there's all kinds of different things mm-hmm. out there. Um, you know, uh, therapy with horses, all that stuff. I think some of us are just, uh, uncertain that if we take advantage of those resources that will be labeled a certain mm-hmm. thing, that mm-hmm. stigma. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I doubt it myself that there'll be a stigma. I just think finding, finding whatever participation you can, you know, I, I've told people this for years. Um, you know, people will ask me, what, what should you do in college? And I say, oh, I only give two pieces of advice. Do something you think you can do the rest of your life and you're going to love. Don't worry about the money. Money will come if you, if it's meant to be. Uh, and the other thing is join a group that meets every week, no matter what that group is. It can be Future Farmers of America or it can be ROTC, as I did. But, you know, <laughs> um, I was at my um, uh, um, niece's, uh, niece's wedding about a year and a half ago, and her and her sorority sisters got together and sang their theme song or whatever, anthem. I don't know what the right term is. Uh, you know, during the, uh, um, reception. So something like that, my brother never joined anything. He has no connection with anybody he went to college with at all. And, uh, um, it's, it's just, there's just a difference and, and you got to join something. And, and I think it's more critical for veterans because we have experienced what it's like to be together and what it's like to work together as a team and what it's like to accomplish something together. Even if you're an accountant, you've, you've done it. And, and uh, so many people have never had that experience. Um, There's a a, a, a quote by Ben, Benjamin Franklin in the book tribe. I keep coming back to that, but um, during the colonial era, there were lots and lots and lots of people who were maybe kidnapped by uh, Native Americans or uh, maybe they were fleeing the law and, and, and went out into the outskirts of the civilization and, and, and became a member of a, of a tribe. And there was never a single case of a, of a white person coming back into American society without being kidnapped or forced back in. They all, and, and, Junger uh, uh, attributes that to the sense of tribe that they experienced in the Native American community that they were not experiencing in colonial American society. Uh, and this is he, he's quoting huh. a ben, ben Franklin observation um, that said that. So okay. we we've experienced it. And, and that's what, the, you know, that's <laughs> what you're so many veterans are missing when they get out of the military. They're missing that that piece of it and it, it took me you know I, I'm, right. I'm no genius it took me 20 years to figure out what i was missing it's, I, I mean I, I could put my finger on it what i was missing but i never could find it and then i just kept looking and finally did find it that i'm not the smartest guy in the room i could have found it the day i got out you know <laughs> join ambits whatever <laughs> but i didn't do it right right no i think i think that's a very powerful message to, to relay even though like you said it, t- it took you 20 years I think the the transition period is obviously very very different for mm-hmm. for every one of us, and um, you know, it, I I was reflecting on my own transition. I I can't tell you the number of resources that they suggested I go to or the different steps mm-hmm. I should have taken 
to kind of set myself for I have no I have no clue. It's a, it's a very yeah, lonely process sometimes yeah. for a lot of us, and um, we only seem to gravitate and and kind of select those those groups that so closely mimic mm-hmm. that uniform mm-hmm. um, that we we kind of limit ourselves on some of the potential that we have out there to to kind of reconnect right. in different spaces. And I, I could not agree with you more. And I I don't know. Um, you know, in, in today's military, if it's any better, uh, than it was when I got out in 1987, but, um, I'll, I'll share with you a story. Um, this, um, it's kind of a through marriage, a person I've known for many, many years, probably I consider her a sister, you know, cause I've known her for 30 years and through marriage and work are related that way. Um, but uh, her nephew okay. got out of the military in June or July of last year. So almost almost exactly a year. He's he's in the guard, but he transitioned out of active duty. Came out of a bad marriage to a heroin addict and adopted her daughter, and they had a daughter together. So here he is with two young preschool girls on his own, uh, combat veteran uh, with PTSD issues, would not get rid of his – he's got two dogs. You know, they – provide him comfort wouldn't get rid of those uh, had had family help and all this kind of stuff and i said um hadn't met this kid i'd heard about him but i'd never actually met him and um and we we're ha- kind of a coming home party for him and and uh i told him i said here's my number if you need me i've i've got a lot of connections i that i'll be glad to help you with anyway I said uh, through the Veterans Day Parade and a project I work on on the Veterans Day Parade here in Nashville, I met the guy who's in charge of the VA transition for the VA hospital system here. I said I've got a lot of connections with a lot of people. By October, like October 3rd, he said I can make the rent, but that's all I can do this month. So this was from July to October. That's how quick he was in trouble. And um, I sent him – I was able to get a hold of my AMVETS American Legion post and get him a little quick cash, turned around and help him in the immediate crisis. I sent an email and it's just sheer dumb luck, but I sent an email to this friend of mine at the VA transition <laughs> and uh, I told him the story uh, on email. And this was like nine o'clock at night by nine fifteen, He had replied to me, he said, I'm on it. Um, uh, I, I look for his call tomorrow. The kid made the call. Uh, they put him on an emergency. I didn't even know this has existed, but some kind of emergency status that they could see he was really, really in trouble and um, got him a disability rating of 60%, whatever that check is. I mean, it's not like it's classified information. I, I want, the figure 1800 yeah. comes to mind, but I could be wrong. Uh, and he, he was out of the woods by November. You know, it's like the resources exist if we'll just reach out. And he just happened to shoot through (laughs) sheer dumb luck to have met me. And, and, you know, within three months, he was needing me. So I was able to get him some help. But it's just just sheer dumb. How many people don't know somebody like me that has made a few connections and can – um, uh, help somebody. I mean, it, it, it is sad because he may have been a statistic by now, but he's got a new girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, they're taking vacations together. Life's good. He's able to pay his bills, got a better job. Uh, uh, but how many of us 
don't. And it's part of it is because we're not reaching out uh, to each other and we're not doing a good job in transition. Uh, the military, I, I, I just don't know. I know my transition was horrible, even though I uh, you know, didn't have any, let's say, mental health issues like so many people do. Uh, just knowing what was right. out there and what was available and how I could be helped, uh, looking back on it would be a lot. Uh, it would have been a lot smoother, you know. Yes, that's that's very true. That's uh that's an amazing story to yeah. share. I appreciate that. Um, I'm sure some someone listening out there will will definitely connect with that. Um, it all only really it takes one it, call. It takes one to call one to one person. person to be the right the right person. Uh, but the help is out there. And, and like I say, I didn't know this emergency category existed. I thought you had to go through, you know, six month ordeal to, to get your first check for a disability. But I, I, apparently if they see somebody yeah. in, in trouble and he, he was definitely in trouble. There's no doubt about it. He, he couldn't make his rent and two preschool girls. Yeah. And he was a single dad with sole custody. If that's not, <laughs> you know, a, a Troubling situation. I don't know what is, but that they were able to get him a check, and and by the November rent, he didn't need help anymore. So um, those kinds of things are so important to know those assets are out there. Yeah, and I don't think that situation is too uncommon. I'm, no, I'm, I'm I, sure I know it. it's not. Um, and and um, part of it's the military's fault for not doing a good job transitioning. I know they've got a lot on their plate. Yeah, um, you know. And part of it's our fault. <laughs> stubborn. Uh, you know, we're just plain stubborn. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. There's some elements in there that I know that, that kind of impact the individual, uh, you know, morale and, and wherever we're at in, in our disposition when we're we're getting to transition out, whether it's our choice or not. Um, there's yeah. there's a lot of other factors in there. Sure. I wanted to ask you something really quickly to, since we go to the tail end. I'm usually capped okay. at, at an hour per, and okay. I can just kind of reset it. But if you wanted to, because there's there's another little bit that I think would be interesting for to kind of get your your uh, sure. your sense on it. Um, if I can just okay. kind of hit a reset, take a short little break, and send you another sure. invite, hop in yeah, again. No problem. That'd be all right. Outstanding. Okay, so I'll take a short break. I'm gonna refresh my okay, coffee. Okay, sounds good. I'll see you in a second. This episode is sponsored by Media Sheep LLC, the unorthodox black sheep of freelance media, press, and entertainment. Now let's get back to the show. Mr. King, outstanding. Thank you for coming back after that short little break. My pleasure. So I was inspired to kind of share with you a similar story after you mentioned the story that we just finished with uh, the young gentleman that you you happen to be connected through through family, friends, and everything else. And um, um, I think it'll hopefully reinforce that uh, sense of urgency to, to make sure us veterans – kind of connect with somebody out there, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I've moved around quite a bit. Uh, I've had kind of a weird transition as well out of the military for, for various reasons and, and life happenings and whatnot. But um, I had met an individual through, of all things, a, an audit for a solar company, uh, kind of reviewing some of the things of our house. We, we got to talking. I'm a, I'm a very social individual. I can talk for hours, which is why this is my preferred platform. Um, but in talking, uh, we, we eventually, over over months, 
actually started talking about uh, military family. And he had uh, an uncle who served in the army for quite a while. And Uh through that, through that connection, uh, actually had the gentleman join me on on a previous podcast. Uh, It's a former SAR major, uh, special forces type, and uh, very humbling individual. And just just with that little bit of, of reaching out and kind of discovering that person through somebody else really kind of helped me through a rough patch as well. Even though I felt at the time I was doing, I was doing fine. Um, but it reminded me when you shared your story uh, and I won't go into too much on that. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there and, and then pose the, the, the question of, of these, these Facebook groups and the tribe mentality. Uh, what, what, what do you see as far as a trend for, for individuals who, who do end up joining, maybe they, they could be sporadic. They, I know sometimes you can kind of see as a moderator, if someone's part of a different group, do you, do you see kind of a, like a trend of, of certain individuals maybe joining and actually staying or, or maybe using that as a stepping stone to find their niche like you, you mentioned before? Mm, that's a good question. It probably could, could go both ways, to be honest. Um, you know, some, some people, um, and it's interesting, um, I grew up in the 70s before air conditioning and cable television <laughs> in a very small town of about 2,000 people. Uh, and I've told this story a lot, but when I was, let's say, 16, learning to drive in 1978, you could drive around my hometown on a night like tonight, and every single person in every single house would be sitting outside because it was too hot in the house. There was no air conditioning. And... Um, They'd be visiting with their neighbor, waving at you when you drove by. You knew everybody. In my situation, probably related to everybody. But that that in 1980, uh, cable television came to my town, and a lot of people started getting air conditioning. Usually, these little wall units is what we're talking about. Right. And right. so that sense of um, uh, uh, that kind of community started with those the advent of those two things air conditioning and cable television. And then, you know, along comes the internet, let's say started getting popular 20 years ago, let's say. And, um, it did allow for a lot of people to stay connected. I mean, I I think I got my first computer in 1999. So we're talking to proc. It was, you know, you could start connecting. You'd find an email of somebody that you, hadn't seen in a long time and and start connecting that way. And then of course, when social media started coming along, I guess probably MySpace was one of the big ones and Facebook and so forth. Um, that started opening up a new Avenue and, you know, uh, I'm a teacher, uh, by trade and I work for a small nonprofit. We teach, um, citizenship and English is the second language to immigrants. And, um, we had to get, really smart really quickly in March on how we were going to serve these uh, clients. You know, how are we going to serve these students? And uh, we put together Zoom uh, and YouTube and have, have – it's been far more successful than I would have thought uh, if you'd asked me this question in February. You know, uh, uh, and, and I, I, I see that same kind of stuff. Um uh, my veterans for peace group, um, we can't meet. Uh, I'm 
one of the younger ones uh, I'm the chapter president, but I'm one of the younger ones. And we um, had to come up with something quick. We've been doing monthly meetings for probably 15 years and um, uh, could not meet face to face. So what do we do? We Zoom. Well, you know, I know these people up in this city or this. Why don't we just make a regional thing out of it? So we just finished uh, last night our third uh, regional meeting, um, and and it's grown every month. And uh, we already decided since we're not going to meet in uh, July face to face, we're going to do a fourth one. Uh, hopefully it'll get a little bit bigger, uh, but it, it's building. I, I wouldn't have thought of that in a thousand <laughs> years in, in February. But, you know, um, making lemonades out of lemons uh, uh, is, is something that, that you sort of learn to do in the military. And, and that's what we've had to do um, in my Ranger Association group. We've uh, we've got a brand new um, uh, person who has uh, come on board as the regional director and started pitching this idea to him. And, and so we're going to have a Southeastern Ranger Association meeting. Soon. Wow. So uh, these things hadn't even been dreamed of. There's never been one of those no. ever. Uh, and, and so it's like, well, you know, we can't meet face to face and and different people. Let's do a Southeast regional meeting. Why not? Uh, and, you know, in, in last night's meeting, we had three people who do not have a Veterans for Peace chapter um, in their city. And let's call them orphans. So they're 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 orphans, and and they were very thankful that that we'd put together this. I don't know if we'll continue um, in the future, but it's very possible that we will, even after COVID nineteen is uh, is behind us, that we will uh, continue to do that. So it, it's just it's it's given us a lot of different um, ways to look at the traditional way we've done business. And, uh, you know, um, it, it's got its pluses and minuses. <laughs> it does. But um, uh, I, I would rather focus on the pluses than the minuses. Yes, yes, of course. Um, it's, it's been fascinating with, with what's been going around, how, how every aspect of our day-to-day life has, has a, either adapted or fallen off. I mean, you, you see it not mm-hmm. only with the examples you've given, but, you know, kids – uh, grade school and, and whatnot also have had to adapt to, to utilizing those resources. I think it's, it's actually great. Absolutely. I think it's great that it's almost forced society to, to bridge that communication gap, utilizing the, the resources out outside that, that already exists and just kind of tweaking it and using zoom, using uh, mm-hmm. other, other Google yeah. hangouts, meets, et cetera. And I mean, you, you start to see yeah. the social media spaces adapt to that as well. They have, uh, group video chats. I think Facebook just started doing like the Facebook exactly. Live. They got Facebook Live. They even have some kind of um, rooms or whatnot. I'm I'm still not 100 percent familiar on that just yet myself, but uh, it's very similar to to Zoom, where you can do kind of like a group video uh, chat within the app now. And yeah, uh, that just um, that's great. It, it you know, and and we had a. We had our first Facebook Live meeting in the Ranger Association uh, for the new regional director. Oh, what night was? It? I believe it was Wednesday night. Um, was it night convenient for him? Had never even been dreamed of. <laughs> Nobody ever even thought of that. And here Wednesday night, we had our first one. There were some technical glitches. Uh, un- unfortunately, he, his phone battery was dead, and he hadn't checked it. And as soon as he got on, his phone battery died. So, yeah, I mean, there was technical <laughs> glitches. 
to deal with. But, but um, you know, um, it's, 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 I, I think COVID-19 has sped up the process. I have never ordered so much stuff online since probably I was in high school. I'm serious. You know, I, every day I see the mailman and I go out to the mailbox and run real quick. Cause I know I got something in the mail uh, or, or see the Amazon truck go by or FedEx. And he's, Oh, there's my delivery. I, I never had stuff delivered at home before, but now it's, it's just, it's just one of those things I would rather order online than deal with it going into a agreed, store. Agreed. So I'm not much for, for it, people. It, so I kind of, <laughs> We order quite a bit of stuff. <laughs> so you've been doing, yeah. It. <laughs> uh, but but it, it's forced us to do things a different way, uh, and um, uh, you know, I would much rather do it. Uh, our veterans, uh, another good example, our veterans for peace convention. Uh, you know, you you do not plan an annual convention in a day, and um, we planned an annual convention, and we were supposed to be in Albuquerque um, first week in August. Um, we decided probably in March um, that we couldn't guarantee that people would be able to show up or be able to get in an airplane. Um, so we just decided hotel postponed our deposit for a year. We're going to meet there in 2021 and we're doing a hundred percent online convention. Well, wh what's the bad side of that? You don't get to see your brothers and your sisters that you see every year. What's the good side of that? Well, we've got a chapter in Australia that can never seem to come. We've got a chapter in Ireland and England that maybe a few people come, but can't. And most people can't. We've got a chapter in Japan. We've got a chapter in Korea. All those people can come. Well, we have to accommodate for time zone changes in that situation. So whatever we determine is, quote unquote, our normal business day where we have a normal business meeting or a normal workshop or a um, you know, I'm, I'm always in charge of the yoga and meditation classes. We'll have those at whatever we consider a normal time, but we will replay those so someone can get on the link and uh, and look at that link and say, OK, I'm in Australia now, but I can still see what went on today in the Veterans for Peace National Convention. Uh, it's also helped us because cost has always been a huge factor and it costs at least a thousand dollars for most people to go to a convention. Uh, there are a lot of people who do not have a thousand dollars, so you got to raise money for them. You know, either from your local chapter or beg, borrow, and steal money to get them to. <laughs> this this convention is going to be depending on what you want between seventy five and one hundred twenty five right. bucks. There's still some people can't afford that, but we we can come up with seventy five bucks a whole lot quicker than we can come up with seven hundred fifty bucks. You know That's what I'm true. saying? So. Uh, it, it has, it's forced us to change, but we, uh, I, I would prefer to look at the positive sides of it rather than the negatives of it. Now, do we want to continue in this situation? No, but let, while we're here, let's think of different ways that, to, to do things, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, uh, all of us will be better for it in the long run because we, we've learned I, a different I, avenue. I honestly believe that. I honestly believe it. So we, we've always got a plan B now. We can always do it online. Yeah, and you know? like you, you were mentioning, you've you got people in different countries who, for whatever reason, time zones and whatnot, or, or financial reasons, can't always be present. Now you have that in addition to. Right. That's that's wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they can, they can participate where they couldn't before, uh, either due to money or due to – uh, uh, time zones or, or work constraints, whatever. So fine. Look at it online anytime you want. There it is. That is outstanding. So it is. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I, I like, I like the direction. A lot of those things are going. It, it really uh, yeah. opens up a, a sense of flexibility 
for uh, your guys' organizations and other elements that are out there that that provide these services a lot of us aren't even aware of. I mean, you mentioned something about uh, about yoga, and I've I've heard up and down, left and right about the benefits of something like that. And I, actually, today, I, I found myself kind of looking into something like that, knowing that you have that existence and something you guys can provide to even replay if I miss it. Or someone else. Like yeah, uh, awesome. Veterans Yoga Pro, uh, Veterans Yoga Project is doing that uh, for us, and they um, are offering online classes today. So you can go to their Facebook page and and do some. Fr- I, I'm I think it's free, but if it's not free, it's very low cost. Right. Uh, but that's one of a couple of organizations I'm familiar with that's doing this doing yoga. But it it's just so helpful. I mean, trust me, I'd rather be in my face-to-face yoga class and the same yoga studio where I've gone to for 16 years. But uh, since I can't, I can I can at least do it in my living room uh, and, uh, you know, uh, just just have, have do as best we can. And that's this is what this this virus has taught us. <laughs> you know, Ad- adversity teaches us things. It really does. And and this virus has taught us the of different ways of doing things and how important it is to have high-speed internet in your house. Yes. Yeah. It, it has become definitely a necessity, not just for people who work from home, mm-hmm. but now just a lot of different other aspects. And and hopefully that encourages yeah. people to kind of look into uh, their priorities and, and look into their resources they do have available and, and reach out yeah. and, and discover these new things. And I really appreciate yeah. you taking some time uh, today to, to join me on yeah. this and I'm very excited to learn a little bit more. And there's definitely so many avenues that we can, uh, kind of move into with the different elements that you're yeah. involved in and maybe we'll have another chance to speak specifically about you know, one of the groups in, in particular or whatnot and and really get into depths on some of that stuff. I'm sure other people would be very interested in that. Well, I absolutely. In any way I can help you out, you just let me know. Outstanding. Um, I, I really have, you know, not too many other questions in, in regards to that. You, you did an outstanding job of really kind of opening up the conversation. And as far as my own personal opinion for it, it's, it's a, it was a new topic, a new space I'm getting into that I found value on my own terms. And you really did allow me to kind of be present in that conversation and, and not feel so overwhelmed that I don't feel like after this reaching out to one of the things that you mentioned. So I do appreciate that. Absolutely. My, my, my pleasure, sir. You, you just let me know anytime I can, I can help you out. I'll be glad to do it. Outstanding. So is there anything else you'd like to kind of toss out there as a, as a resource that comes to mind before we wrap things up? Um, no, we've kind of hit, uh, hit a lot of those topics. I think, um, I think we've, we've talked about some important stuff and, uh, hopefully somebody listens to this, um, uh, you know, take something away from it. You, you never know what people's going to take away and you never know um, if, if you're going to affect somebody positive or negative, you hope positive, but uh, <laughs> I always try to do your best and, and, you know, maybe one person out there listens uh, and, 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 and reaches out to someone they hadn't seen in a while or, or, or maybe join a group that, uh, uh, you know, is maybe their old unit or if there's in the cold war, join a cold war Facebook group or, or anything, just, Get active and, and get out there and, and don't uh, don't hibernate. That's the worst thing you can yes. do. Yes. Yeah. When we, we kind of sit with our own our own mess of demons or whatnot and we, we really feel kind of alone that it kind of agitates a lot of those things. Um I, I agree. I agree. And 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 you know, reaching out, um and, and I don't know why um Amvet seems to be more into this, at least locally, than 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 what 
maybe other groups are, but they were really big on every month reaching out and touching someone, you know. Uh, even if it's calling an old buddy or checking on an old veteran, I've got a Korean War veteran. I try to call him every every couple of couple of weeks just to <laughs> check in and be sure he's not getting too depressed because a lot of people are homebound right yes. now. And and uh, my mother's a good example. She's a breast cancer survivor from last year, and and uh, she hasn't really gotten out of the house since mid March, other than her daily walk and to drive to the grocery store and pick up the groceries she's ordered online. And you. you, you if people get insulated, it, it's just not good. That's true. Just not good. Even, even if yeah. we have no no ex- extenuating factors that already exist, a lot of this, uh, you know, cabin fever type feelings can manifest really, really quickly when, when we, we least expect it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's awesome. And I, I do my best to kind of reach out here and there. Uh, it's it's really kind of been my way of allowing myself to to communicate better. Um, it's a little awkward at, at, at times at first, uh, those first few calls out of nowhere, because, you know, a lot of us aren't really <laughs> used to, to, to phone calls in general. It's a, it's a text or whatnot. And uh, in doing that, I've had more friends reach out uh, back to me uh, out of nowhere, and just have conversations, actually mm-hmm. looking at your guys' Veterans for Peace page. Um, and it, it'll tell me if like I have friends that, that comment or like one. And I actually have a, a, a good buddy of mine who's a Cold War vet as well. Uh, uh-huh. I met him when he, he, he came back in. Um, he seems to have a, a connection with you guys, which is great because now I have something else in addition to to kind of discuss with him besides some, some of our <laughs> other, other things that I'm, I'm transitioning to that space of where, where I'm, I'm still, I still got a long way to mature. But as far as just viewing my own service and that whole uh, reconnecting with that veteran side of me that I've kind of, uh, discarded for a couple years there because of that transition mm-hmm. has really yeah. allowed me to to make a, a an interesting impact on a lot of people around me. Uh, I didn't I yeah. did not expect at all. Yeah, well, you, you just never know uh, how, how you're going to affect people, and and you just got to do your absolute best to, to to try to do it. And and you may never, I mean, you may go to your you've affected somebody, but then uh, you know they'll be telling a story and say, you know. Well, he, he really helped me out during this and he didn't even know he helped me out. So <laughs> it, it, it's important to do. It is. Very it important. is. Well, we'll never know the, the extent of the ripple of our impact on, on people, but we Absolutely. do, we do it without knowing. So that's great. Absolutely. <laughs> don't, don't do it for the, don't do it for the glory. Just, just do it. If it's right, just do it. Exactly. Well, Mr. King, I do appreciate you joining me uh on this. Absolutely. And it was, anytime give me a holler back. I'll be glad to help you out any way I can. Will do. Thank you, sir. And uh, with You're that, welcome. we'll wrap it up, and I'll, I'll hopefully talk to you uh, another time soon. Absolutely. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. I'm out.